Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, belated. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, belated. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a... From the bottom of my heart. It was supposed to say, and a Happy New Year there, but it didn't. In hmm. Spanish, it says Happy New Year. I like how we both made that we're realization like, at the exact same moment. We're like, <laughs> of like, oh, it doesn't say New Year's in the English part. Why doesn't it say New Year's in the English part? It says it in Spanish. Prospero año. Año, yeah. I have no and idea. Felicidad. Yeah, e Felicidad. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. We're coming up on it in, what, four days? Four days, if you're listening to this on the first day it comes out. Um, we, are, we just had our year-end wrap-up episode. Thank you guys for uh, being with us for another year of the Command Zone. It's not like we started in January, but we've been around for so long. It's been great. Um, this is our New Year's episode. We are happy to bring on 2017. Uh, that means bring lots. on. Yeah, thank gosh. Uh, there are a lot of good things happening, including uh, Ether Revolt comes out January 20th. It's time to take power back. Uh, take the power back is the sort of the tagline. Um, some preview cards have been released. I'll call them spoilers, though, because some of them are... Some of them are leaks. Yeah, leaks. Uh, hopefully, we get one next month as well. But uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about that. We're also going to talk about New Year's resolutions. Uh, but before we get into it, CardKingdom.com is the sponsor of this show. You can go to CardKingdom.com slash zone to help support the show and uh, show them that we sent you and that you want to support us, especially in this new year. Yeah, and, you know, you got all that stuff for Christmas, all those magic cards. If there's stuff that, you know, it wasn't the exact card you want or whatever, they do have a buy list, and you can sell your cards and turn them into the cards you do want. So make sure you use the affiliate link. Um, also, oh, we're, we're supposed to call out a patron every episode. That's right. And today's patron is the one, the only, randomly selected, Russell Lee, also known as Rogue Artificer on Twitter. Russell has been following us for, I believe, almost probably over two years now. I, I, I can't remember a time when he wasn't one of our Twitter followers and listening to the show. So, Russell, thank you for your support. If you want to have a chance to have your name called out or just support the show in general, go to patreon.com slash command zone and you can sign up there. We do really appreciate every contribution. Yeah, we've got a lot of cool stuff that's been happening with the Patreon. Our Discord channel finally has launched. Uh, it's just basically an online chat room, and there's also voice chat rooms. So a lot of people use this to game together over the internet, play stuff like League of Legends and all that stuff. Other people just use it as a chat room, and it's great. We have a bunch of different channels. You guys should check it out. Again, patreon.com slash command zone. All right. Let us, well, let's look at some of these Aether Revolt cards. Ether Revolt, sorry. Ether Revolt. Ether. I always want to say Aether, because there's an A first. It, it's it true. just fools me. It used to be combined, the A and the E. Not yeah. Anymore. So, I don't know, what do we want to, you know, uh, what's the card that everybody's talking about? Yehini's Expertise? Yehini's Expertise. This, this has a lot of people in a lot of different formats, like, I don't know, everyone thinks Scratching this is amazing. Heads. Yeah, it's probably not the best for our format, but it is pretty powerful regardless. So, it's uh, two black black for a sorcery. It says, all creatures get negative three, negative three until end of turn. So, it's slightly worse language. But then it says... You may cast a card with converted mana cost three or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Whoa. So cast, and it's a card, not a, like, it's not a non-land spell. We don't cast uh, lands, but 
it's very interesting. You can cast almost anything, including in modern stuff like ancestral visions. Yeah, that's some of the big ones. So the the there's a cycle of suspend cards that have no casting cost, and if you want to play them out of your hand normally, then you have to suspend them. Like ancestral visions, uh, restore balance is another one. There's mm -hmm. a few others. Um, this just casts them immediately because they do have a CMC of less than three or three or less. Yeah. Um, it also means just like if you have a three 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 CMC card, this is a four CMC card. You kind of get negative three negative three to all creatures for one mana if you can take advantage of of the three CMC thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's playable in our format, and the fact that you can cheat out certain things is good. I don't yeah. think it's as amazing. In modern, people are going kind of crazy. I, who knows? They go crazy sometimes, and then the card doesn't do anything. So. I'd say 90% of the time, people go happy, like crazy for a card, and it never sees play. Yeah. But the 10% it does, it like f changes the format, like collect a company, <laughs> um, for standard at least. Oh, yeah. There's a new oath. So Ajani's back in Ether Revolt, and is also on a couple of Planeswalker cards. One is from the Planeswalker deck. Mm -hmm. um, those cards aren't super exciting, but the Oath is interesting because Super Friends decks are super popular right now because of Atraxa. Yeah. And so Oath of Ajani, uh, you can go ahead and read it. Yeah, it's green-white for a legendary enchantment. When Oath of Ajani enters the battlefield, play plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. And then Planeswalker spells you cast cost one less to cast. So that's sort of the more important thing. Um, in yeah. standard, this means that you can play the Gideon, uh, ally of Zendikar on turn three, which is pretty nuts. Um, also, the ability to put plus and plus on counters on everything is great for a token deck, especially because a lot of Planeswalkers are very good with token decks. Especially, yeah, like Elspeth and the, that makes tokens. There's tons of... Yeah. Uh, a Johnny Steadfast mm -hmm. has a minus two to put a plus and plus on counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each Planeswalker you control. So there's lots of uh, flexibility with this. It's a very cheap spell to cast. Um, looks pretty exciting to me. I don't know if I'll play it though. I mean, I think I'm already ramping up planeswalkers. I think if you've got a super friends deck, it probably just goes in there though, right? Like it ramps all your planeswalkers, mm -hmm. and a lot of times you're gonna have made some tokens because of planeswalkers. It just fits right in. I don't see why you why you wouldn't. I don't know. It's just like playing a two mana mana rock, kinda. Yeah. Uh, another exciting uncommon. We've had the trinket mage, and we've had the treasure mage, and finally we have the trophy mage. Wanna read it? Sure. Two in a blue for a two-two human wizard. When Trophy Mage enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost three, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So the, the artifact has to cost exactly three. It can't. It's not three or less. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of awesome things at three, like um, Crucible of Worlds. Um, Chromatic Lantern. Chromatic Lantern's a really good one. A there, lot of the swords as well. All the three. swords of whatever and whatever are yeah. three. It's... It's pretty strong. Yeah, Trinket Mage is good because it could get your Soul Rings and Sensei's tops. Trophy Mage is amazing because it gets even more stuff. And Treasure Mage was sort of the least played, I think, out of all of them. Cause but it, yeah, because, well, it costs a lot. And it, uh, yeah, you're going for six. Yeah, yeah. parts that get six. Um, There's just less there, but... It's cool. This is like the cycle that wasn't a cycle, but is a cycle. It's pretty good, and I could see it. You can also flicker this card because it's when it enters the battlefield. Yeah. I can see it going in rune decks, and just being able to get things like Crucible is very, very strong. Yeah. Um, I, that's going to see a lot of play. I agree. I uh, mean, it's a tutor. It's a tutor. So it's consistency. Oh, this is an interesting one. Consulate Crackdown. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. The Consulate's here, and they're cracking down. Three white, white for an enchantment. When Consulate Crackdown enters the battlefield, exile all artifacts your opponent's control until Consulate Crackdown leaves the battlefield. So it's sort of a... It's Vandal Blast for white. Yeah, but it hides them underneath. So if someone gets rid of the enchantment, then everything comes back comes in. Back. Yep. Um, but yeah, Vandal Blast for white, 
pretty pretty powerful. It's all artifacts your opponent's control too. Um, I'm trying to think of a white card that does this. I'm not sure exactly this. I'm not sure that's existed before. So it's Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, so it's pretty strong. I could and a lot of um decks would run Vandal Blast, but maybe they don't have red, so this opens it up to another color. Um yeah, I think that card's gonna see a lot of play. Uh yeah, we're we're gonna do an entire Ether Revolt uh review coming up. So once all the cards are spoiled, so we won't go over everything here. I think that's I think that's a pretty good look at some of the early cards. Yeah, a lot of these are really sweet though. Um I, I'm excited. I think oh, artifact there is, theme sets are going to be great for us. There is um, a new mechanic that's kind oh, yeah. of interesting. It's called Improvise, and it's basically Convoke for Artifacts. Now, that doesn't. I'm not saying you can Convoke out Artifacts. It means that you can. Uh, your Artifacts can help cast this spell. Each Artifact you tap after you're done activating Mana Abilities pays for one uh, colorless. So it sort of makes your Artifacts have the Convoke ability, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and I believe they're saying the little after you're done activating mana abilities, you can't like tap a rock and then use uh, the battle at the bridge, improvise uh, to, to also, also tap. tap I don't know how that yeah. would work anyway. It's but similar yeah. with convoke where you can't uh, tap a mana creature or you know like when a creature is tapped, it is that is part of the casting cost. It's something you can't like react to essentially. But you can like tap your Vidalcan Orrery now for mana maybe mm -hmm. or your. Um, other things that normally are just sitting there doing nothing and now crucible of worlds you know, like it still works fine if it's tapped so you just tap it also there's a bunch of artifacts like howling mine mm -hmm. and winter orb that winter orb especially yeah that you actually would want to tap now you'd have to figure out a way to do it at instant speed or have a, a card that uh with improvised that's instant but you could tap your winter orb so that you can untap your stuff but everybody else can't it's interesting. I think improvise is going to be interesting depending on what kind of cards they put it on and how prevalent it is. It may it could be a thing where it's only on like two or three cards and then. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. I'm interested. I, I mean, I hope they put it on more because anything that like convoke is a pretty powerful ability and it sees its play everywhere as a result. So, I say yes, please. All right, time for our main topic, which is New Year's resolutions. What would you change in 2017, or what new course do you want to set for yourself? We're going to do it in two categories. One is the Magic the Gather Gathering slash podcast-related resolutions. And the other is just general life. Life resolutions. Resolutions, like normal ones, like normal people make. <laughs> I don't know. So Jimmy and I will each list out four for ourselves, and then we're going to be interested to hear your own resolutions. Yeah, so please let us know. That is definitely, I mean, if you couldn't figure out our two, the listeners, usually you can guess it by the, <laughs> by the time we get there. That's a fun mini game for the podcast. <laughs> you can be thinking about it now. And yeah. We always like to hear people's comments on this type of stuff, too, and what they think about, you know, our resolutions or our thoughts on different stuff. So, yeah. You don't have to just stick to the two, the listeners question is what I'm saying. That's right. All right, 2017, here we come. So <clears throat> uh, I'll start with the first Magic the Gathering slash podcast related resolution. I resolve in 2017 to whine less uh i've been catching myself complaining or like moaning or whatever about something that happens in the game or something that happens with my draw or maybe i didn't draft the right deck for something and i find that this is something that actually has an effect on other parts of my life where now that if i find that i'm entitled to complain that something isn't fair here all of a sudden when i'm doing something else oh interesting it's like kind of like it I bleeds get that, over yeah, it bleeds over and i'm like why am i complaining about this like i used to never care about x y or z but the more I find myself complaining in other areas of things like magic or whatever, it definitely bleeds over. So I don't want that to affect my decision-making. I want to be an adult and handle variants with grace. 
<laughs> this is a tough thing to do. A lot of people have a lot of problems with it. Oh, I don't um, think I'm going to resolve this fully by the end of the year yeah, for sure. There's I, always going to well, be something I'll complain you about. Said, you were smart. You said whine less, not stop whining. I think this is a good first resolution as far as to how to set resolutions because I think a lot of people go about making resolutions like I'm going to there's it's black and white either the switch will be on or it will be off and yeah. that's that's tough because as soon as you whine one time if you if your resolution was to not whine you're then done. you're done okay I already did so now I might as well just go back to doing it <laughs> but it's better if you're like just do it less just try it let's just try and lower it yeah. you know that's a good way to set a resolution um I don't think you're a particularly bad whiner I don't No, but when I catch myself doing it I really don't like it if that makes sense you know like I could I could I could never whine but the one time I do do it I'm like oh why did I pledge to not do this. I resolved to do this less. <laughs> I, yeah, for some reason, I've just never had the I've never had the problem with whining. I think it's I played a lot of sports growing up, and one of the rules of sports is you just never let them see you in any sort of. You're always yeah, you know that makes sense. Maybe. I mean, you're, I don't you're, know if that's where it comes from, but that's a theory. <laughs> never let your that's a totally never a, let them see you sweat. A new, a new politics politics episode. Never let them see you sweat. <laughs> um, okay, my first magic related one is play more magic. I'm on board with this too. Especially the last few months this year. And a lot of it is the podcast, honestly. And, uh, you know, the gameplay videos, game nights take a ton of time. And just. Even though we are playing magic, it doesn't feel mm. like it sometimes. There's a lot of work involved. And, um, and then there's things like the podcast itself and all the holiday and all the travel and the stuff you got to do for that. It's just really. I haven't played much magic. I haven't drafted in like couple of months probably Josh. people keep on our facebook group saying you know can you draft and i just haven't been able to make it so i've been feeling like man i just have not gotten to play much magic so my goal early next year play more magic well hopefully the schedules will be cleared up usually that happens in january where it's like everyone comes back and takes a little bit of time to settle back in to start new projects um, people are in in offices are pitching projects and they don't get going until like march or april so yeah you get to take a little breather and maybe do some things like that you haven't been able to do for a while. You know, you said this smart. Instead of saying play all the magic all the time, you just said play <laughs> more. more magic. Yeah, a wine less, you play more. It'd be great. Uh, my second magic resolution would be build more decks. Oh, uh, like you guys remember Send Triplets? I've talked about that deck a thousand times. Haven't built it yet. Um, and I've talked a lot about building new decks. Like, oh, I'm really excited to brew around this. And I have in uh, behind me like three or four like half-built decks in like little boxes with just like 80 cards in it or like 60 cards in it trimmed down and they're just brainstormed but they're not finished and it took they've been until, marinating yeah they've been marinating perhaps a little too long now <laughs> it took until the c16 uh, uh commander game nights video for me to be like oh i'm gonna make a new deck and i sat down and i did it in the night and it didn't take a long time it wasn't hard and it was a lot of fun and i was like man i should be doing this more i'm gonna try and build more decks well the game night videos are great uh sort of motivation to build new decks i found because yeah. i built two for game night videos now and i was sort of in a similar boat where i hadn't maybe built as many this year as i had in previous years but now i think this year i've caught up because i built like four since commander 2016 nice. came out maybe also, that's how it always is because the commander product comes out near the end of the year and that always we always build at least one mm-hmm I mean, like, I wanted to build some decks off of some conspiracy cards, too, and stuff, and I was like, oh, Man, it just came and went so fast. Yeah, I mean, that, that could have been the, the problem, too, is that so many sets released so quickly, it was hard to, to catch up, to keep up. Yeah, it just felt like, oh, man, I should build this. Oh, man, there's a new set coming out. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at this legendary. I should, oh, there's a new set, you know. Or you could also, I could also pull the Craig where he takes apart a lot of old decks and makes a new one. Um, that could be my problem, too, is that, like, I have a deck that's loaded with a lot of stuff, but I don't really play it anymore, so why is it still there? Good question. Okay, my second one is Deck Doctors. 
This is for the podcast. We're going to do more Deck Doctors next year. This is a guarantee. It's not going to be hard to do more because we only did one, I think, this year. Um, because of the Patreon, too, and plugging it into the Patreon, we have a lot more uh, incentive to do it. And submissions. Yeah, so please... If you haven't submitted a deck, Doctors, please do it. I'm really looking for partner commanders right now because those are sort of the hot thing we haven't talked about as much. We've talked about... you got to be smart about your Deck Doctor submissions. Here's two things. One, don't submit a deck we've talked about before. Yeah, it's almost an immediate, like, well, this deck could be the it perfect submission, but we can't... It doesn't matter. Like, do how again. many episodes can we have where we talk about attracts and no one will watch the show anymore? You know, we've talked about a lot of the commanders, but we haven't talked about the partner pairings. And if you do a non-partner pair, do a commander that we haven't talked about on the show before. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to look through all our episodes to find out which ones we've done, then what makes you think I want to spend like seven hours doctoring your deck? Just look through the list. It's not that hard. Yeah, you can just uh, control F search through the podcast. On iTunes or Stitchers, you can just go through the feed. It'll take you 10 seconds. Um, So, but... This is not a lecture about that. This is really, <laughs> I, got, I got off track. It turned into a, yeah. today with Josh Lee Kwai, yeah. deck doctors, how to do them right. Well, and this is one of the reasons we haven't done as many, because they are tough to do and they take a lot of time. Uh, it's more than even just building a deck, because you're actually breaking down a deck and then rebuilding it. Taking cards out, putting them in. Yeah, yeah, and you have to do it virtually. You don't have all the cards in front of you because it's somebody else's deck. Please put the link on tappedout.net, but please, please submit them, because... We will have Deck Doctors on the show again more next year. And I don't want to make promises, but there is the idea thrown around that we may have the people who submit the decks in some cases um, maybe have them on the show for a little bit to talk about their deck first or something like that. So Interesting. I know a lot of people have expressed the desire to sort of be on the show. Well, this might be your chance. Again, we're going to give preferential treatment to the people at the $3 and above level on Patreon, but that doesn't mean that's the only place we're going to draw from. So... Submit your deck doctors. Do it now. Partner commanders. And if you're on Patreon, patreon.com slash command zone, there's a post explaining how to do it as well as a link to submit your decks just for you guys. Okay. My third Magic the Gathering podcast-related resolution is to experiment more. So we talk a lot about, like, you should have 10 card draw, 10 ramp in this deck, and blah, 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 blah. And sometimes I find myself getting into sort of a, like like repetitive gets like, a little stale this gets stale like where's my win condition how do i do this like obviously i need to put consecrated sphinx in here because it's just a good card in blue uh, why is rhystic study not you know like so i sort of get into this pattern where i don't really experiment that much and all you know we always get tweets and comments from people being like i did this with this deck and oh my gosh look at this combo i found out and that's really exciting and i think that's what brought me into the format to begin with and it's something that i've strayed away from in the past couple of years so i'd like to as i build more decks experiment more both in gameplay and in deck building i like this one a lot i actually recently forced myself in the next gameplay video and also next episode we're going to talk about this deck but i did like literally consciously purposefully say i'm going to build a deck that's sort of outside what i would normally build mm -hmm. in at least some ways push myself out of my comfort zone because i was feeling the same thing um you have your style that you like and you tend to fall back on it all the time and it's really good to just be like you know what i'm gonna build around this commander and that's not the type of deck i would normally build yeah but I, and I can still bring my own style to that kind of deck, but it's going to force me to do some things that maybe I haven't done. And that's going to make me try things. And a lot of times that's going to make me find that I do like things that I didn't know that I liked or 
Um, and the deck I built is super fun, and I really did like it. So I'm like, yeah, that worked. I'm going to do that again. You might also surprise people at the table. That's always a good feeling. They'll know what's coming because you've done something different. And it can really spice up your playgroup because we find in playgroups, like, people sort of occupy certain roles. Like, you're the control player, and you're the aggro mm -hmm. player, and you're the blah, blah, blah. And if you switch one of those, the whole the whole game can feel totally different because it's like, holy crap, that person's not playing their role, and this game feels totally new and fun, even though it's just one person sort of switching. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would definitely encourage a lot of people out there to think in this manner. Just build a deck that's like, you know, you, I know you're the control player, you're the stacks player, you're the combo player, you're the aggro player. We'll try and just switch it. Just, just give it a shot. A lot of people are like, I don't like that. And it's like, have you tried it? Because you don't might actually it. like it more than you, than you think. Yeah. Um, love that one. I was going to do that one, too. And then I looked on your list, and I was like, <laughs> crap, he took <laughs> it. Uh, it's my resolution now. <laughs> um, oh, my next one. Kitchen Table Fables. Woo. I'm really excited to do more Kitchen Table Fables. We have some really good ideas and some scripts written. And then there's a lot of ideas that the scripts aren't written, but the ideas are there. And so it's just a matter of, and I'm not plugging the Patreon here, um, I'm just saying, like, I'm excited to do more Kitchen Table Fables. I really like doing them. I think they turned out great. I think we can sort of do even better next time. And get more guests on. Mm -hmm. We have some ideas for yeah. some other people in the magic world to use for specific skits. So that's something I definitely want to do this year. Uh, it'll be really cool. I want to show that stuff to you guys. So hopefully that happens. I think it will. Yep. We'll get, we'll get there. Um, my final Magic the Gathering slash podcast-related resolution and this is very broad it's make the best command zone content slash community so you know we've had this past year was great for us we released our first kitchen table fables we released game nights gameplay videos uh and now we have consistent video podcasts for all of our stuff we've seen the channel grow to over twenty five thousand subscribers now i think we're getting, close yeah yeah we're getting a lot of great views on our videos and the comment section is great everywhere uh, on twitter on youtube on i think Collected. we hit company. seven thousand twitter followers recently too nice and it's great because I do really feel connected to everyone that follows us on those platforms. It's not like a bunch of bots. Uh, like my main account has a ton of followers, but I think like probably 20 to 30% of them are just fake at this point or just are inactive. So it doesn't really feel like I'm super connected to those people. But with the Command Zone stuff, with the Magic-related stuff, I feel really connected to everyone. And especially now we've been building our community through our Patreon and stuff. And it feels like everything's finally like wrapping up together nicely in a way that makes us feel, it makes me feel like part of something bigger than myself. Well, and this has been a year where, you know, you've really gotten more involved with WotC and official launches of sets and, you know, me too. And we've been around a lot more people from other content sites mm -hmm. and the Wizards people. And it feels like, you know, that's that coming together. I mean, you did the Community Cup last year, but still, uh, this year you were the face of a lot of This year things really turned up, yeah. Yeah, it did feel like we sort of hit a tipping point this year. It's all also, downhill. this is a really good time to speak about GP Vegas. Oh, this is Because talk time. about community building. You need to come to GP Vegas if you're out there and you're thinking about it. Yes. Last time we had, this two years ago now, we had a pretty big gathering. We rented out a venue in a hotel in a banquet room. We had food. We had prizes. We, had, we gave away free conspiracy drafts. We played a ton of Commander. I think we had over 200 people there. We, there was a lot of content yeah. creators. Food uh, and drinks. Magic the Amateuring, uh, Walk the Plains, Professor, the Brainstorm Brewery guys. There was tons of people from the community there. People from Watsi too. I think Blake and Trick both showed up. Um, some community managers and stuff, too. It was great. Yeah, so... Uh, Pretty much guaranteed something like that's going to happen again this year. We're already in talks with some other people in the content community to sort of join forces and maybe do something even bigger. So if you're thinking about going to GP Vegas, and a lot of people have 
emailed, tweeted us saying, when can we get in a game with you guys? Well, that's the really good place because yeah. I'm not, I don't know about you, but I'm not playing in any of the main events. I will be at GP Vegas. We'll have our gathering. I'll also be on the floor, but I'm just going to be looking for commander games and side events and things like that. So I love side events at GPs and GP Vegas is going to be huge because it's a triple GP this year. It goes from June 15th to the 18th, three GPs in a row, legacy limited and modern. Yep. So you can play in those main events. You don't have to. I'm not going to play in any of them. You can hang out. It's basically like a convention. It's like Comic-Con, but it's Magic-Con. Yeah, all magic stuff yeah. and all card There'll related. be stuff at nights, hanging out, all kinds of things. You know, It's Las Vegas. It is awesome. So I'm really bumping this, but it was great last time. I mean, that was some of the best times ever. Uh, highly encourage you to go, and I can virtually guarantee that we will have some kind of event. Yeah. So... Um, that's community building right there. All right, on to my last resolution <laughs> for magic. I, I saw this one. I was like, oh, I should probably put this one on mine too eventually. Um, it's a weird one. Mine is buy less product. I kind of went crazy this year. I know a lot of people have seen my uh, magic wall on Twitter and stuff. And wow, there was a lot of products released this year. The sealed product, I think they've been printing so much that it's just like, uh, it feels bad, man, to see Eternal Masters. I'm, I'm glad for everybody else, but yeah. I have a bunch of Eternal Masters. I know you do. And they re-released it for like 60% of the price that I paid for it back then, which is fine. Um, you know, I'm just saying like, uh, I went a little nuts. And also, you know, one of the cool things about the new deck building that we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. Um what I did with my last two decks is I built like 90% of them from cards I already have. Yeah. I used to be really lazy about like, I just order cards and I'd be like, I know I have this card, but I don't know where it is. So I'm just going to order it. This time I actually was like, no, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to open up my boxes. I'm going to start to organize some stuff. I'm going to like see what cards I have and then try and build those decks. And I have a ton of cards, just like all of you at home have a ton of cards, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And I did do what Craig does too, where there's a couple decks that I just never played because they're not very good. And I took those apart and a lot of them had like staple cards. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know, I'm like, oh, I got Demonic Tutor in these two decks. And I've got, <laughs> you know, one had Doubling Season in it. And it's just a deck I never play. You know, the Mazurik deck that I talked oh, about. Oh, yeah, Doubling Season Grand, that deck. Finally took it apart. Um, I had a Chaos deck that wasn't really Chaos. It didn't play out that way and it had a mm -hmm. ton it had a wheel of fortunes and you know and so these are just like good staple cards that can go in a lot of decks they're just hiding in decks that i'll never play and so i took apart like three decks and i built two new ones and i'm probably going to build another one and i have i'm looking through my cards and i have enough cards to build you know new decks and, and sometimes i think we get stuck in this rut of like i need the best cards like i only want to play this deck if every single slot in the deck is the best and then i was like you know oh, what I thought you were going to say if every single card is foil. And I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the most Jimmy line of thinking. But it's it, you know what I mean? Where you're like, well, I got to order Force of Will because this deck has to have Force of Will. Yeah. Well, I just built a deck and it needs Force of Will. Sure, that's a really good card. But, you know, that suddenly making those decisions makes it so it's harder to build a deck because do I want to spend $300 on these cards? So I was like, nah, I have a misdirection. It's close enough. Yeah. Put yeah, misdirection yeah. in there. And you know what? I couldn't even tell when playing the deck that I didn't have Force of Will in there. Sure, it'd be better with it. but. Really? Yeah, I don't need... I have powerful decks. What I don't need is another, like, oppressively powerful deck. What I do need is another fun deck because it's fun to play Magic. Yeah. I would also recommend listening to a couple of our episodes on organization. Uh, episode 107, we talked a lot about sort of, like, our favorite ways to organize cards and stuff, and that'll help next time. You're way better at organizing than me. Yeah, and it's only because I'm being disciplined about it. But right now, it's starting to get to the point where it's, like, boxes are filling up with cards that need to go home somewhere. <laughs> it is cool when you go through your cards, and you're like, man, I have all this stuff, and you start putting them in piles, and you're like, I could build this deck, I could build that yeah. deck. And maybe it's like, yeah, sure, I'm missing the top five cards for it that are super expensive. 
But five cards, who cares? I can still play that deck. It'll yeah. still be good. And if the deck doesn't work, you're going to be glad you didn't buy those cards either. <laughs> or you can be like, oh, maybe I don't need those. Maybe I needed this to make that work, et cetera, et cetera. Good point. Okay, so let's talk about some of our personal um, resolutions this year. I'm going to start it off with uh, personal fitness. Get buff. Woo! Um, I've been a log for the last four years. A log? Yeah. I've, I mean, I just sit and I edit. I, like, I put out content, and I, I don't like... I'm really bad at this, too. This could be another resolution. But I hate handing over control to someone else when I don't have full, like... I can't oversee the whole thing. And the problem is, like, I also don't want to spend all that time working because I have so much other stuff to do. So I also get lazy when I edit it. So it's like, what's the point, Jimmy? You're not handing out to someone else, and you're being lazy yourself. Anyway, the personal fitness part of this resolution means I need to change my mentality about my personal health. I turned 30 this year. Uh, the longer I wait, too, the harder it gets. Josh, you would know about that, right? <laughs> so yeah, 30, a, man. A 30 is like this weird, you hit it, you just don't know until you hit it. But you, you realize about six to eight months into 30 that like something's different. It sucks. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the results I want to see also, like, of, of going to the gym more, just working out, just feeling better about myself and my body, uh, I can see the results of that cascading into the other parts of my life and making all those parts better, making just me feel, wake up every morning a little better, you know, not need as much coffee. So many different things I know are going to be affected if I really focus on my fitness. Well, I'm going to tie this into mine because mine is keep going with the personal fitness. So You actually I... inspired me to write this. So, <laughs> so about... Uh, two and a half months ago, I started going back to the gym. I'm down about 20 pounds. Um, yeah, it's good. And I've been in extremely good shape in my life a couple of times. So um, it t- tends to happen sort of fast for me because it's like a program my body already knows how to run. Mm-hmm. But the reason I did it is because I made this realization that like many of the like awesome jumps forward in my life, in my career, in personal life, everything has occurred at the moments when I've been in really good shape. And I think it's because there's a certain outlook and posture you have towards life when you feel unstoppable, when you feel powerful, and when you feel... It, it's just innate confidence, and confidence is so important in life when you're dealing with other people or situations or anything. Mm-hmm. You deal with them in such a different way. And something about being fit and being... And I don't mean like necessarily being like super buff or anything. I just mean feeling like you can tackle what comes at you physically Literally. is a weird thing. Yeah, but it's a weird thing. Like, I'm not yeah. going to get tired. I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm not going to... It's not about aggression or anything. It's just this idea that, like, oh, if I needed to climb up that wall, I sort of could. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, And it's just a weird, weird thing about your psyche and, and how you sort of portray yourself, project yourself when you're fit. And it's amazing what you can accomplish. And that's the sort of realization I had. And uh, I can already feel it starting to happen. And, you know, it'll be probably a year until I'm even close to where I've been in my life fit-wise, but it doesn't matter. It's so much of it is just mental. Yeah, I, I agree. The feeling of feeling strong, really, like, when you talk to someone, you're standing up a little taller. Yep. You know, it's just like, it, it, it affects everything. It's great. Um, also, we weren't, humans did not evolve to sit in chairs every day. No, it's so bad for you, and I do it all the time. And here I am sitting right now talking. You should get a standing desk. And I can do push-ups while we're doing the podcast. <laughs> Every time you see Josh dip out of the frame, yeah, okay. he's just doing push-ups. Yeah. Well, those are not I push-ups. Sound, I, I, I was simulating it. I oh, can't. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't think it would sound good. I don't think they'll... The, don't worry, I won't do push-ups during the cast. <laughs> yeah, with these really nice mics, you're going to get high-fidelity, quality push-ups. And get a lot of... <sighs> and the associated grunts. <laughs> oh, boy. But if Go- you're thinking about getting in shape, and this is a thing that everyone does around this time of year... 
Um, let me give you a couple pieces of advice because again, I was very close to being a personal trainer at one point. I've oh, been I'm in very take some notes. <laughs> I've been in very very good shape. Cut yourself some slack. It's just like the less whining thing. Mm-hmm. Don't make it like a switch on switch off thing. Just and 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 your main goal when you start going to the gym and you haven't been going ever or maybe just not for a long time is just do whatever it takes to get yourself to go tomorrow. Oh. That's a that's a really interesting. So point. don't don't hit it too hard early. A lot of people are really motivated. I'm going to get in shape this year, and they go and they just hit the gym so hard in those first one or two days that they're just they just hurt themselves so much yeah. that they're so sore that they don't want to go back. It's a lot better to just go for 15 minutes the first couple of times, get your body sort of used to doing it, and it's you're like that's not so bad. I can just go for really quickly because I only have to go for 15 minutes, yeah. and then you'll naturally don't. I know eventually you want to get into the nutrition side of things too. And I'm, I'm in this boat. This is one of my other resolutions, but don't tie those things together right away because then you have this issue where you're like, Oh yeah. I was Every eat. aspect of your life is, yeah, like I was going to eat right. And I was going to work out. And then I had French fries and now I'm just not going to work out. Well, if you don't tie those things together where you're like, <laughs> listen, I'm still going to eat bad. I'm just going to start working out. Yeah. Then when you have French fries, it doesn't kill your workout. And then eventually you can kind of add on, just do step by step, take it easy. Your main goal, your only goal is what will encourage me to go back to the gym tomorrow and the next day. And it's take breaks. Don't go five days in a row. Three days on. Don't go more than three days in a row. Give your body some rest. Yeah, or, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, work something. Find something that works with your schedule. Find something that you can have fun doing as well. When you go to the gym, it's not just about like, oh, man, look at all. Like, don't be intimidated by other people. Figure out what you want to do. And go and hit that. Like, don't look at other people. Yeah, a lot and, of people like, that's see, a re- like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I should be doing that. Like, oh man, he's wasting so much more weight than me. Like, that's not gonna help you out. That's actually a really good point. Block out everything else that's going on in the gym. Bring headphones. Be absorbed in that. Don't worry about people flexing in the mirror or whatever, grunting or whatever the things that people get worried about. Doing push-ups. Yeah, people on get. Podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> people get really worried about what everyone else is doing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It only matters what you're doing. Yeah, and you'll find that the people that look like they're they're doing the most and like really getting into it are the people with earbuds in, focused, not trying to flash their muscles. They're not the gym rats, right? They're not the people that go there every day to to bust their friend's chops and like hang out with other people. They're there for themselves. I mean, those people are fine too. They're mm-hmm. doing their thing. Just don't worry about them. That's that's it's nothing about it. It's going to be 30 minutes every day, you know, or so, and you just get in there, get the job done, leave. Again, like I said, just go 15 minutes. Just go 15 minutes three times a week for a while. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever gets you to go tomorrow is what you should be doing. All right. Uh, my second year's resolution is uh, oh, God, balance. Oh, so hard. <laughs> balance, balance, balance. Uh, so I work on a lot of different things outside of this podcast as well. A lot of you know me from that stuff. A lot of you don't. But I have other channels, other things. And I also have a tendency, uh, and I think Josh ran into us a couple of months going now, which is saying yes to too many people. Um, when people know you're free and they know that you are, you want to do stuff, you want to collaborate or whatever, oftentimes you could just get a lot of requests to be like, hey, do you want to do this? And it feels bad, honestly, to say like, no. <laughs> or like, I can't this month. Can we? Feels like they won't ask again. Yeah, it feels they like will. you might be offending them too by being uh, too like, just like me. It's all fallacies, no. but it feels yeah. this way. It yeah. feels this way, yeah. Because you don't want to say no to someone that you just met, you know, or someone that you want to have a relationship with down the line. But I need to find a balance with like my sleep schedule, uh, my work, and taking care of myself with personal fitness and stuff, raising a dog, and also like learning how to prioritize what I've already got going on, and then figure out when it is appropriate to say no to someone or to pass on a project or an idea. And I've gotten better with it over the years, but being an actor in LA, you're conditioned to be like, take any work that comes to you because it's not going to be that much. I'm finally past that threshold, but I still have a lot of that old mentality, so I'd like to change that balance. 
You know, there's a lesson, and I feel like I have to relearn it constantly, which is bad. Um, but it, there's a power in saying no. And it does saying no, like, not no, but saying, like, ah, I can't do that right now. I would love to, and maybe hopefully in the future. Mm-hmm. There's a very big pe- power from doing that. And it doesn't do what you think it does. You think it's going to make people be like, well, screw that guy. I don't want to use him because he said no. It actually makes them go, wow, he's really in demand. I really hope I can get a hold of him next time to do it. That's yeah. that's actually what it does to the to the psyche of the person that's asking you to do something. But it, on the other end of it, when you're on the other side and you're the one saying no, it feels like you're cutting off opportunity, but you're actually just opening up opportunity later and making yourself more valuable, you know, than maybe you were. It's it's really weird, but the power of of a no is very very strong. Yeah, and a lot of times your no helps make other stuff better. Like whenever someone says no to me for a reason, and I know why, it's like, oh, you know, we didn't want we passed on this because we didn't think the the script was that good. It makes me go like, oh. That's great news. Now I know what part of this needs to improve or like now I know that like, okay, I submitted something with a weaker script. That's why they said no. Now I know the next time I ask someone else or the same person for something that I need to have my ducks in a row to do it the, the correct way. So there's a lot of power in it. Balance is tough, man. Show. Balance is tough. Uh, all right. My next one is I put short film slash direct more. So I've had a short film idea as a couple of them uh, that it's been sort of marinating as we said earlier for a couple of years now and i just got to finally do it so that's my goal for 2017 it's probably my big goal is just to get behind the camera direct something um it was fun i think kitchen table fables is one of the things that sort of like got this itch going for me again where it's like you know i moved to la not listen everyone thinks my job's awesome and it is awesome but i always say well i came to la to tell stories not sell stories and trailers are selling stories, and I want to tell them. So uh, that's one thing I really want to do, get behind the camera more, tell more stories. Kitchen Table Fables is a way to do that. But I also have non-magic related, you know, movies and short films, that uh, ideas that I want to make. So I just got to get out there and do it. So that's... That's exciting. Yeah. I'd, I'd so, love to. I can't wait. I will try and ask you to do it, but I hope you're, you know, you have enough balance that no. you can help me. <laughs> I did it. I got there. I crossed that one off the list. Did it once. Good. Um, my third New Year's resolution is a musical project I've been working on for like two years now. It was originally called Band-Aid. That name has now been taken. But it's basically a comedic musical. I was a big fan of shows like Fly of the Concords, bands like Tenacious D. Sweet. Yeah, I love Tenacious D. So I'd love to combine those two into a show. And I finally have um, – I fundraised for it a couple of years ago as well. But I finally have um, a couple of people – companies very interested in either producing a pilot or helping me sell this to a larger yeah network something like netflix or hulu so i'm finally like in those talks i think this is going to be the year where i finally get something out there and hopefully it can transition into something larger um it's gonna be great it's also a really awesome opportunity to work with people and do the thing that i was talking about uh, earlier that i don't like to do which is seed control so saying like hey you go and write this i'll you know give you notes and stuff or you go and delegate you mean this. Delegate? delegate yeah yeah Del- not seed control i'm like this is all mine <laughs> no no <laughs> That's yeah, really exciting. Delegate work, yeah. So that that um, is something I really want to make sure. By the end of this year, I would I want to have something physical to be like, this is what I did with this this year, and this is these are the next steps I'm taking with it. Yeah, it's very similar to mine, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you need help with that, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working you on know, my you know show. You know, I got you. You know, I got you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, 
Oh, well, this is kind of tied into the personal fitness thing. It's eat better. So I did the thing where I just said, okay, I'm going to start working out, but I don't want to tie it to the nutrition because I can more easily derail myself if I'm trying to do two things than one thing. But I'm pretty good now where it's not, I don't have to force myself to the gym anymore. Mm-hmm. It's become habit and I, I sort of like it again, which uh, cool. once you go enough, you do start to like it. And so now I think I can start with the nutrition part. Um, because I eat pretty bad and not eat Korean barbecue every, you know, three times a week. But it's just meat and rice. What's so unhealthy yeah. about it? Um, so that's that's a big goal of mine is to sort of kick the fitness into the next level, uh, you know, in the next couple of months by really eating well and, um, you know, still having a cheat meal every week, though. You oh, yeah. That. You got to have you that. You got to be. Yeah, I that. mean, if you ain't cheating. One meal, though, not one day. Some people do cheat day. You can just you can just do too much harm in one day that way. So, you know. <laughs> That's true. It's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. You have like a 6,000 calorie day. Post dessert. Yeah. Look, yeah. you're not the rock. You can't eat six pizzas <laughs> on your cheat day. <laughs> um, all right. You're number four. Oh, this, we're, we're on our last one. Yeah. My number four, my final uh, for you guys. I mean, I, I probably will have more as I go through oh i'll say this also about news resolutions don't just make them resolutions on the first day of the year like you should just just call them resolutions and constantly be making them set goals try to achieve them it's just like magic yeah uh feast of fiction is another show that i do it's a cooking show and we've been doing it for over four years now and it's time for us to really take this to the next level so just like we did with the podcast, we released a Patreon on the podcast, and that helped bump the show up to another level and like was all of a sudden like, oh, wow, a lot more things are possible. Um, we're trying to get a book deal in place for Feast of Fiction. Oh, cool. uh, I would love to finally get something going on a television set that's not just the interwebs. Um, and so we've been having a lot of slow meetings. Things like tend to take a long time to happen in L.A., and this has been happening over sort of the past year and a half. What's the old saying? It uh, it took years to become an overnight success? Yeah, there you go. So I would love to take that show, Feast of Fiction, something I've been working for a long time, and finally get the growth that I've been looking for from it from the beginning. And sometimes it will take four years for that to happen, but hey. I'm when it right. happens. That's pretty cool, actually. Book deal, TV deal. If you don't know, Feast of Fiction is actually a very, what is it, like 800000 subscribers on youtube we're almost at 800 i think yeah it makes command zone look like it's this teeny (laughs) tiny um but if you haven't heard of it jimmy does a cooking show and they do what they do is they cook things from like pop culture like you'd cook i don't know something from like harry potter or yeah like butterbeer in real life yeah essentially the fictional foods they make in a show a tv show a book anime a book comic book video um, game we recreate in real life it's pretty funny. It's, we it's might do cool. something with the color pie. Like I don't uh, know what we'll do. Like a literal color pie. People have done it before, but I think it'd be fun to do something there. So anyway, Feast of Fiction, definitely check that out. Dude, that'd be sweet. Book, I, book I sounds sweet, too. I like reading books. Oh, me too. Yeah. Um, all right. My last one is very simple. Be more proactive. I think like the last couple of years, I sort of have been li- letting life come to me and... I'm not sure I'm happy with how that's turned out. <laughs> and it's it goes along with wanting to get fit. It being fit sort of makes you feel like you're you're doing something, you're being proactive and I think I need to go out there and make things happen again, making the short film, you know, getting back into that uh sort of that side of creating content and uh yeah, I just want to go after the things I want. I feel like there's you know, everybody's like this, right? You're like, oh, "I wish this and I wish that." And I thought you know, I would be at this point in my life at this time and whatever. And it's like, well, who's, who's stopping you? What's going on? Like, what yeah. are you doing? 
Like, what steps are you taking to do those things? And if you really think about it, oh, I don't know, nothing. I'm watching TV at night, you know, playing Magic and whatever, and those things are great. But if every day I can't say, like, you know, today I'm going to do this to try and get to there, yeah, you know, then why am I not doing that? So that's one, probably my biggest one is just... Am I being proactive? Am I trying to take steps in the direction that I want to go? Otherwise, I got to stop complaining about not being where I want to be. That's true. You're the one that can put you where you want to be, Josh. Stop waiting for Godot. Stop waiting for Godot. Um, I would say proactivity is definitely like one of the key elements of the entertainment industry in particular. Um, but in general, I think it's a great life thing to be more proactive. Yeah, one of the... If you're ever looking to get into entertainment, but I think probably any business, I've always had this philosophy and I always tell... This probably happens to you. People come to town and you'll get like a call from like, you know, I don't know, the the mom of somebody you went to high school with. And they'll be like, my nephew wants to get into the movie oh, right. business. Can and you, can, can you, you talk them? to them? And so you have a phone conversation or a lunch or exchange some emails. And one of the early bits of advice I give everybody is that in entertainment and art and life, like nobody really knows anything. Like if you, they don't know what's the coolest thing. They just mm -hmm. know what they think is the coolest thing. And what they think is the coolest thing is often influenced by what other people think is cool or awesome or neat or exciting or dynamic or whatever. And the people influencing them can be the person that created the thing. So be proactive and be excited about your own stuff. And that often has the influence of making other people think that it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And let's say like a lot of people are like, Hey, I really want to work with you guys. I really want to do something with you guys. Can you hire me? And it's like, no, <laughs> we can't just like straight up hire someone we don't know. But this is an interconnected city, and there, uh, you know, I know from being here for five years now, I know a ton of people through all different realms, and all the time I'll bump into someone on set or at a lunch somewhere, I'll be like, hey, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. How's it been? And the way that it works if you want to work with someone is just get be proactive, like Josh said. Get yourself involved in the industry, and you don't need to necessarily do it with the exact people you are dreaming to work with on day one, but you can find the people that are in the same realm, in the same like video game area, in the same magic-related area, and then you can slowly build those connections. And you really can, I feel like you can make anything happen if you wanted to in a city like LA. Like it, it just takes time, effort, and I think and some anywhere planning. you are, you can do this. And you know, one other piece of advice in that situation is I'm way more apt to be like, if the person's like, not, hey, can I work with you? Is hey, I have this idea mm -hmm. and I would love you know, if you were involved with it somehow and here's that idea, like bring something, you know, that that's going to have a much better chance than just like, hey, can I work it with you? It's way better if they're like, you know, it would be awesome, this kind of thing. And I'm thinking about doing it and maybe you want to be involved somehow. Yeah. That Even would, just consulting. Like yeah. I'm happy to always give people advice on something so that they, I don't want someone to run their boat onto the ground, you know, if they don't need I want you guys to take the right steps. So Josh is right. Approach with something, and that will definitely help spur the That's conversation. That's being proactive, yeah. But yeah. again, people are going to say no, like we said earlier. Don't let that discourage you. Just keep being proactive. Mm -hmm. All right. To the listeners, what's your New Year's resolution for magic, gaming, and your personal life? What are the things you want to improve? What are the things you want to accomplish? And I hope they all happen for you. Yeah. I hope one of them is play Commander with us at Vegas. Oh, man. That should be on everybody's resolution list. <laughs> It's on mine. Yeah. I'm on mine right now. Play Commander with Jimmy at GP Vegas. Another resolution I have is to be a good representative of our sponsor, CardKingdom.com. Uh, they've been great so far. Uh, I've been loving uh, interacting with them, hearing everyone talk about their service, and there's, they have a bunch of really sweet deals going on all the time. So I, I love to look at it a lot of different places when I buy cards. A lot of times I will just settle on Card Kingdom because it's fast shipping. The, the quality's there. They'll have some stuff that other people don't at a good price. 
So go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone if you guys think the same. I've certainly been using them uh, because of game nights, and we're always like, oh, we're shooting on Wednesday. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I build it mostly from my own cards, but I still need two or three cards, and, and that's the place to go to get them super fast. Make sure you also visit our patreon.com slash command zone. It's a really good place to get involved with this little club that we're building, the command zone club, and you can get on our Discord server. You can be involved with Deck Doctors. We're going to have some merchandise coming out uh, early next year if you want to get be the first to get a hold of that. Maybe mm-hmm. a playmat, maybe a t-shirt. We're not sure what, but it will be something cool. It will be sweet. Patreon.com slash command zone and another shout out to russell lee rogar fisser for being the patron of the day on this show grunkle russell <laughs> i remember that was your twitter name for a little while i love uh, grunkle stan <laughs> all right time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic i can finally talk about this and you've finally seen it jimmy yeah <laughs> I am one with the force of forces with me. I am one of the force of forces with me. I am one of the force of forces with me. Rogue One! Cool. What'd you think? I thought it was all right. <laughs> I saw that you didn't... I See, I liked it better than Force Awakens. I did too, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I'd say they're right around the same. Uh, I liked it because it was a standalone movie, and it didn't feel like it needed to do a lot of the sort of the setup. We should say, we're going to try not to do spoilers, but if you haven't seen it, you know, you can turn off the podcast now just in case. Yeah, but the cleanup step, don't worry, it's the same as it always is. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Okay, keep going, sorry. So, I, you could tell they had to reshoot a lot of the stuff in the first half uh, to get extra character moments out of their characters. At the same time, I still didn't really, it just felt kind of weird, like it was a little too scripted, if that makes sense. Too scripted? Too scripted for a scripted movie that needs a script and a huge budget, so it means it must be scripted. No, you know, it's sort of just like... No, no, I get what you're saying, and I think part of that is the reshoots where stuff can really feel like it didn't quite match up, because it was, you're trying to match... When you reshoot movies, you can't reshoot the entire thing, so you're sort of like, oh, we need this, and we need to connect these two things, and that's going to bridge it, and a lot of times, there's just something missing uh, yeah, and, and for me, it honestly was, I had a couple of moments where I really identified with the main character and her and her father's relationship, and then it just sort of felt like everyone else was, wasn't, didn't have that same sort of agency uh, compared to her, and so when they were all in scenes together and doing stuff, I just found myself caring a little bit less for everyone as, the group as a whole. Hmm. But, um... How'd Tarkin look? I never see this is this is a weird thing you should learn, which is that when you work on a movie like I did super early, you actually I don't really know what all the visual effects ended up looking right, like. Right. When I was watching it, there was a guy with a bunch of dots on his face. And that <laughs> that was it. And he was doing Tarkin's voice, and he actually kind of looked a lot like Tarkin, but yeah, so if you guys uh, I have no idea how that ended up looking. If you didn't know, Grand Moff Tarkin, one of the most iconic characters in uh, A New Hope is digitally replaced with permission from the family, um, 100% CGI version of him. and he it has, has to be. He's not alive anymore. Yeah, he has several scenes with uh, one of the main characters where he is walking around having full conversations. And I've been doing CG for six years. I was thrown off by it, and I couldn't get past it. Even though I know it's Star Wars, we have droids walking around all the time too. I, I saw the droid, and I was like, oh, that's not real either a couple of times. And, and like for me, I have a very... I can just see those things and it throws me off. But a droid's way easier because metal and yeah. like harsh, sharp, uh, shiny, glossy things are a lot tougher than skin. Yeah. Tarkin, that's why I was really, that was one thing when I watched it early on. I was like, wow, I wonder how that's going to look. Who knows? But for me, it looked a little too cellophane and plastic y. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how much of the body they motion tracked on, but it kind of felt kind of 
stocky, jerky Yeah, that's weird, because I, I don't think... I think they only did face. Yeah. I don't know for sure. I don't know. It's such a tough thing to recreate a human, and uh, what they did with another character was great. They only showed that person on screen for a very short amount of time, and I don't know. I, I feel like you could have done it with Grandma Strike without always having to be like, and here I am again to the character, because he kept showing his face, and every time I was just like, I know you're supposed to be real, and you look so good, but you're just... Something about it. One degree off from being, you know, it's the uncanny valley for me. I, I see it everywhere. Yeah. Um, but the action. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the movie, I just like the tone of it. Mm-hmm. It's like no other Star Wars movie. It's I agree definitely, with that. Uh, It's definitely more raw, more real um, than the other Star Wars movies. I mean, Star Wars is a fantasy, and yeah. it's sort of set in, like, a, a, a magical world. I mean, the magic is the Force. But this one is definitely felt like sort of more real. And that was the exciting thing to me is like, it really showed that like the Star Wars universe has room for this kind of story telling in this sort of way and this sort of tone. And I'm excited for them to be able to do that in future movies, not in all of them or anything, but just they can do that. They can have sort of the darker, real, more real side of it too. I mean, that's why we all love the Empire Strikes Back. And that's what I think a lot of us are hoping for with the next Star Wars movie as well. With episode eight. Yeah. Um, all right. We won't ruin the ending, but the ending is awesome. Yeah, the whole movie is great uh, in terms of, like, if you love Star Wars and want, like, a retro throwback, this movie is here for you. If, you are, if you're, like, a story nut and, like, someone that likes to dive in and, like, take apart that sort of stuff, you're going to notice the reshoots and the scripting, and the first half is very different than the second half. But, like, at the end of the day, you're as a kid, if I saw this, I would go nuts because some of my favorite Star Wars like robots and like machines and vehicles are blowing up and like in fights and, and interacting with each other in a way that I've never seen before. And the, that part of me was glowing by the end of the movie. It really does feel like it opens this side door to the world that you never got to see too. Like yeah. you realize that the world's so big, how much is going on while Luke and Han are off bumbling around. There's like this, there's Just this bumbling. huge galactic struggle going on. It really did sort of breathe life into that side of it, which I liked. Yeah. All right. Time for the cleanup step. Oh, another thing I like. The Masters of Modern podcast. (laughs) Alice Kessler and Ben Bateman. They talk about modern as a format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at Collected.Company, our new magic hub. In fact, Kessler will be on our next gameplay video. So Game Nights Episode 2. We did shoot it. It is going to be out. I can't give you a date yet, but it'll be early January. Uh, So look forward to that soon. Thanks to our patrons. Yeah. Kessler's also probably the biggest Star Wars fan I know. Oh, yeah. he's He probably is the biggest Star Wars fan I know. I mean, he's, he's seen Rogue One like three times already. <laughs> yeah, when we're recording this. It's only the, been the out movie, three days. No, it's been out technically. It came out yesterday when we're recording this <laughs> podcast. Um, our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, and he does the video content that you can find at YouTube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast. All of our videos are up with our faces and cards and all that good stuff. So make sure you guys check that out. And special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the living card animations at the beginning and end of each episode. You can find them on Twitter at livingcardsmtg. All right, everybody. I hope those resolutions are good. I hope you follow through with them. I know you can. I believe in you. I believe in you too. Happy New Year, everybody. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. 
See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>